Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 106 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 9th of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week, we got in a couple of more scenarios from Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, Wrath of the Righteous, our organized play season is continuing on. I got in a little bit of gameplay with Valeria Card Kingdoms, which I'm having a lot of fun with. Got in a surprise gameplay of Orleans Invasion, which one of my friends had imported. Got in some more Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, a little bit of Master of Orion, some sorcery. And I also talked about a few of the games I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to the games. This is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 106 of the podcast. As always, send me some emails and let me know what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can join our guild on BoardGameGeek. Just do a search on there for what I'm playing now. I've actually posted a new things in the past week, a couple of new posts talking about a couple of the things that we have played. On Twitter, at what I'm playing now is the name to follow. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Also on Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into a few of the things I played this week in the what I'm playing now section of the podcast. Started off this past Sunday playing a little Pathfinder adventure card game. And I think this is the second week in a row. And next week, I may be talking about this as well. I think my group kind of just wants to get done with Wrath of the Righteous already. So I believe last week's podcast, we went through four scenarios. This week, we only did make it through three. And we actually started off a little earlier. But these ones seem to be a little bit trickier, a little more difficult jumping into scenario set five. So what we were able to knock out was 5A, Dryad Dust. We also knocked out 5B, the tower that would not die as well as 5C, Polaris Fall. So all three of these scenarios, like I said, a little bit trickier than they were last week, but I will say some of the abilities and skills and just some of the actual weapons and spells that my paladin is getting is really rounding out the character. I really haven't talked too much about about playing the paladin character in the past couple of podcasts after playing the card game. I've kind of talked more about the scenarios that we've actually been playing, but I think I'm going to touch this week a little bit on on the actual paladin. I I think I mentioned before I picked up a second heal, which is actually kind of like an AoE heal. It actually can heal me as well as one other character at my location. And one of the abilities that I have is basically flipping over the top card of my deck. If somebody's at my location, I can. it's almost like a blessing for them. I can give them an, an additional D6. I have the ability to where I can give it a plus one. If it's armor or a blessing, I can actually recharge that card. And the next skill that I want to take is actually for the spell. So if it's a spell, I want to be able to recharge that as well, because the other day when we were playing, I actually flipped over my major cure or my mass cure. I can't remember whatever the name of that cure is. And I was very bummed that I was not able to recharge that. And it ended up going in my discard pile. Uh, So that happened a couple of times where I flipped over a couple of spells, but that hasn't happened too often. And I have gotten to use the recharge ability on that several times, which is extremely nice that you can actually give somebody basically a blessing off of your deck and actually just recharge the cards. You're not really losing anything. There was one, one of the scenarios we were playing and I can't remember which one I was at one of the locations and I was able to just get a lot of boons to my deck. I had never had a deck that large. I, I must have had at least six additional cards, which are, which, you know, even if you don't want the cards, they're just additional hit points that you can have in your deck, which are really nice because you can kind of just discard cards in your hand. If you have three weapons in your hand, you could probably go down to one weapon. And because all your weapons are pretty much reveals being the paladin, I rarely ever, I don't think I've had to actually discard a weapon to get an additional bonus because I will just use my power on myself to give myself the additional D6. Other people in our groups have additional blessings or or 
the mage that we have with us is always giving me either a 1d4 or 2d4 or he's able to lower the defense or basically the hit points of the actual monster right off the bat so there's just a real nice mixture of characters that we have playing through this and oh well for for those of us that are left that are finishing up the set so like i said i think we're actually going to be playing this weekend and trying to knock out hopefully three more which will put us well into getting ready to start six or actually into six because uh, I believe there is an E in the fifth and I think the sixth scenario as well. So there's actually five instead of the uh, four that there normally are. So like I said, we're, we're trying to just knock out Wrath of the Righteous, get ready for Rise of the Rune Lords, which I can't wait for. Like I said, I think last week, I still have yet to pick out which type of character I want to play. Still haven't had a chance to look at that because of all the other games that I've been playing. But we'll get to that eventually. And... That's about it for, for Wrath of the Righteous for right now. All right, we're going to jump over to a couple of games that I actually play. So down at my local board game group when I went down on Thursday night, I actually took with me Valeria Card Kingdoms. This was a game I had picked up, I believe, last week during uh, when I was down there for the Pathfinder Adventure card game on Sunday. I was kind of bummed that he had not gotten in any of the expansions. I just got an email today. The expansions came in today. He had both of them in for me. So I will pick those up tomorrow. I'm going to take the game with me tomorrow, and hopefully we can get a game in with either one or both of the expansions and i wouldn't mind trying a mixed citizen type of game but i guess let's talk about what valeria card kingdoms actually is and what type of game it is and kind of how, how you play it so one of the easiest descriptions i can use for this game is kind of like a cross between machi Karo and dominion in this game what you're doing is you're going to have a set of cards that are out in front of you they're going to be four different rows and the cards are going to be a row of monsters you're going to have two rows of citizens and then a row of domains, which are basically buildings that you can get. You're going to have in front of you a tableau of cards, and it's kind of like, this is kind of where the Dominion piece is going to come into it. On your turn, you're going to basically try to build up that tableau of cards in front of you, and you're also going to roll dice on your turn, and the dice that are rolled are going to activate the cards in front of you based on the numbers rolled. So if you roll a three and a four, you're going to activate a card that has the three on it, the four on it, and then as well as the seven on it in front of you. When you activate a card, if it's your actual turn, you're going to basically utilize the action that's on the lower part of the card that's on the left-hand side that has a single player icon on there, and you'll get some sort of resource that for it. You'll get maybe a gold, a magic, or what I refer to as strength, which are basically the fighting tokens in the game. Or if it's not your turn if you weren't the player that rolled the dice you're going to look at the right side of the card and the lower part of the card and you will basically take the action that's there and you'll get some sort of resource or some sort of bonus for that part of the card the main object of the game is to basically have the most victory points at the end of the game and you can get victory points by taking domains or by actually killing the monsters that are in that top row of cards that i discussed a few seconds ago or each character at the beginning of the game is going to be given a duke card and these cards remind me of the lords from lords of Waterdeep, in that each different duke card has kind of like a different ability and a different function that they're going to go in the go through in the game and they're going to give you some sort of bonus at the end of the game and you're either going to have to collect different sorts of citizens or maybe collect different sorts of domains and they'll give you an additional um, victory points at the end of the game for achieving certain certain tasks and basically being able to collect certain certain amount certain types of cards through the game after you kind of roll the dice which is the roll phase you're going to have that harvest phase which is where you're going to collect the different resources you're going to have an action phase in the game the act player will take two actions on his turn and you have to take two actions the actions you can take are that of slaying a monster recruiting a citizen which is basically paying a gold cost
cost for the citizens that are on the board and basically moving them into your tableau. You can gain a resource, which is basically just taking a resource from the bank, and that could be a gold, a magic, or a strength token. And then you can either build a domain. So there's a couple of different actions you could take, and you're going to take those two actions on your turn. After that, it's going to be the end phase, and what you're going to do is everybody's going to see if the end phase game of, of the game is met in the end phase. Game will activate if all the monsters are gone or all the domains are gone or if the there's a certain number of stacks that are basically have been emptied from the game that's basically equal to twice the amount of players so if you have a two-player game if there are four stacks that have basically been exhausted and they give you exhausted cards that you can replace the stacks with so you can keep track of so if you're playing a two-player game you'll have four exhausted cards there and as you're going through and and basically depleting those cards be it monsters citizens or domains if any four of those are depleted during the game that would basically signify the end of the game and you're going to start counting up victory points. So I played this game with actual several people who really are into heavier games. I've talked about before that my group definitely likes heavy style games. Uh, we talked about Kanban a couple weeks ago. Um, the next game I'm going to be talking about after this is going to be Orleans. And well, Orleans isn't real super heavy. It's still a little bit on the heavier side. I'd say it's more of a medium type game. But there were several people in the group that aren't real big, um, Mach I almost said Kanban, aren't real big Machi Koro fans. After two turns playing this game, they looked at me and they said, this game is nothing like Machi Koro. Don't tell, don't tell people it's like that, which kind of made me feel bad because my wife and I, we, we, we like Machi Koro for what it is and we don't expect much more from it. But I will say Valeria Card Kingdoms definitely seems like it's kind of the game that probably Machi Koro wanted to be probably. There's just so much more you can do on your turn with by adding the additional resources to the game, it definitely opens things up. By having the three different tiers of cards, basically the monsters, the citizens of the domains, that adds up a whole new aspect to the game too. So there's a lot more strategy, I think, involved here, especially adding in that Duke card, which, like I said, really reminded me of the Lord from Lords of Waterdeep in that you really want to concentrate on what your Duke has because it can really benefit you at the end of the game when you start counting up victory points. So it's something you really need to take account into, and I think it was something that when I was playing the game, I, I paid a little bit of attention to my Duke, but I was trying to round out my numbers in my tableau because the numbers that the, the numbers on of the citizens that are on the board are basically going from one to 12. So there's a card with a one, two, three, and, and there are some cards that have maybe like two numbers on there, maybe like a nine and a 10 or a 10 and 11. So, so there may be cards that have some additional numbers on there, but I was trying to round out my tableau and make sure that I had kind of like one of every citizen in front of me so I could basically activate no matter what was rolled. But I think that kind of hurt me in the end when it came to counting up the victory points because I think if I would have concentrated on my my Duke just a little bit more, I think it would have really helped me out because while I wasn't in last place, I really my score wasn't as high as it should have been. So I've actually also played a solo game of this, which I found a lot of fun as well. The solo game plays a little differently in that you kind of do have like a dummy type character that you're flipping over cards for and activating them on kind of like when you're doing um, your rolls of the dice. So it, I have a feeling winning at the solo game by actually killing all of the monsters is going to be extremely difficult. There was a short discussion on this on the Board Game Geek forums. And actually, if you go out to the Board Game Geek forums, I actually put together an unofficial fact, which is a bunch of questions that were answered by both the designer and the publisher of the game. They seem to be very active on the Board Game Geek forums. I actually just updated the fact just a few minutes ago before I started the podcast because I was reading um, a question that somebody had written and I had refreshed the page and the designer of the game had the question answered. And his answer was completely different than 
the way I thought he was going to answer it. So I was like, this definitely needs to go right into the fact. So I updated the fact immediately. And I actually have a Google Doc published out there. So if you're looking to print out a Google Doc, which I already did, because I tried to pull most of the questions that were probably within the last six months of the game, because it was actually just released a little while ago, although it was kickstarted. So there were people actually that had this game longer, um, you know, a little bit further before that. But I tried to just pull some of the more recent hotter topics that were being discussed. And I tried to just have questions that were answered by the designer or the publisher. So this way I can kind of quote them as far as their answers. So there's really no questions. So I think the fact is up to about 12 questions and answers right now. I think after adding the one that I just threw in there today. So hopefully everybody appreciates that. It was something I had just kind of done over the weekend and threw together real quick. It didn't take me that long to do, but it was something that when I was reading through the forums, it seemed that most of the questions my group had were pretty much already answered. So I said, let me just throw these together in a doc. And then I said, let me just kind of make an unofficial fact here and throw it up here on the geek. So this way, I'm sure most of the people that had the question that, you know, probably have the same questions that my group had, because my group was, it was pretty funny, the pretty much the top 11 questions that were on there, we had, I would say, well, more than half of those questions while we were kind of playing through the game. So I kind of put that fact together real quick. I have it printed out. I have it already in my box that I'm ready to take down to the game store tomorrow. So when we sit down and play, everybody can kind of just when they have that question, I could just say, here's the question, here's the answer. And there's no more questions about anything because we have answers that were answered from the designer of the game. So you pretty much can't argue with that. So, and it's great to see that somebody has uh, has released a game like this and that they're actually this involved with the community and that, you know, and involved on the on Board Game Geek and just ready to answer any questions that the people have. So I will say, this is a game that I can't wait to sit down and play with my wife. I know that she's going to love this game immediately. We just haven't had a chance to play many games lately, but I know once we do, this is going to be one that gets played in my house quite a bit. I also have the expansions coming in tomorrow, which I'm going to be picking up down at the game store. Can't wait to maybe add those in. So we'll see. I'll probably be talking about this game next week as well. And maybe I'll talk a little bit about the expansions once I get a little bit of playthrough with those to see what those adds to the game. But if you have not tried Valeria Card Kingdoms yet, definitely give this game a shot. It's definitely one worth trying. It's a nice, lighter game. I wouldn't say it's it's too light, but it has a real just nice mixture of dice rolling, card collection to it, card, you know, deck building, basically, you can say, and resource collection. You're just going for the victory points in the game. And like I said, the people in my group who are, he- who are usually on the heavier game side, I was really surprised that the people who said that they liked it actually did. And that really made me happy. So, because I didn't think they were going to like it at all because I know how picky of game players that they can be. And sometimes they can be a little snobbish, but that's all right. All right. And then, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, one of the other games we played was a little game called Orleans. One of the guys in my group actually ordered the invasion set. It was kind of interesting in that he had to print out a bunch of the instructions. Well, I think the instructions actually came with English set, but a lot of the cards weren't in English. And it was kind of funny in seeing that. But we were able to play. We had the printed, we had um, English rules. We played the prosperity type of rule set for the game as there's a couple of different ways you can use the invasion set. I guess there's a couple of, I don't want to call them scenarios, um, but there's like a prosperity rule set you can use or the invasion rule set, or there's like a duel for two players. So we play, play the prosperity set. And what this does is it adds new buildings. It also introduces a carpenter, which is basically another meeple that's going to be moved around on the board where you're player meeples are moving around and you're actually collecting resources and building buildings on that part of the board. I will say playing the prosperity set was really fun. I can't wait for the invasion set to actually be be released in the U.S. Orleans is definitely one of my top 10 games. I just adore this game. I can't give this game enough praise. Every time I play it, 
I kind of just want to play this game again. Adding in this invasion set, I just want to see what's all added. There was there there seemed to be so much in the invasion box when he was when we were setting this thing up. I was I was my head was spinning. I was like, oh, what is this all going to do? But it what we added to the game I think was perfect, and it made some changes and some differing strategies. One of the guys who normally thought that the monks were overpowered at the beginning really didn't even take the monk route. He tried to go a completely different route, and his score was just twenty to thirty points above the rest of us. We couldn't even keep up with him. It was just really nice to see a great mixture of new components and new pieces being introduced to this game because I really haven't even played the base game from what I feel enough yet before adding Invasion and I'd still just like to play the base set a, a lot more just to try to figure out good strategies before adding in all the stuff from Invasion but can't wait for this to be released in the US. I don't think I will be importing this like he did as I would kind of just like to have everything in English. That's kind of just a little per- quirk of mine I guess. I Nothing wrong with having stuff in a different language but I know when my wife and I sit down to play this, it would be much easier for her and for myself as well to just for everything to be in English. So I guess I will hold off on getting this invasion set until it's actually released here in the U.S. But this is one that I am so glad that I was actually able to get to the table. It's one that will be purchased immediately once this is released here in the U.S. Orleans Invasion, I can't say enough good stuff about the game. I just really enjoy this game a lot. And if you haven't played Orleans yet, this one should be definitely at the top of your list for wanting to play immediately. So those were a couple of the board games I played this week. Let's jump over to a few video games. I spent a little bit more time with The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Still enjoying this game. Over 50 hours, I think, into the game now. I pretty much finished Dandelion's storyline of the game. If you're actually playing through any of the game, you'll know who and what I'm talking about. I had a blast playing through that storyline. There's just a lot of good things going on there. The boss fight at the end of this kind of like story arc was an interesting one. I realized that after I had gotten into the combat with him the first time and died horribly, I luckily there was a save point right before this that I kind of went back to, and I kind of... After learning what type of monster he was and that I would be fighting, I kind of created some oils, some concoctions, and a few other alchemical niceties uh, to utilize on him, which definitely helped beat him much easier and made the fight much easier than just trying to go fight with him and kind of just dodge him continually and just get in a few hits here and there considering the type of character he was and the way he was kind of flying around the scene. Witcher 3 is definitely, I would say, as far as video game goes, this game's still jumping into my top 10. I'm still having a feeling that this game is, I'm, I'm enjoying this more than Fallout 4. But like I said, I can't make that final decision until I get into the probably 100 hour mark with this game. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm working on it. But one of the other games after playing um, The Witcher 3 quite a bit on Saturday, I picked up the other day a little game called Master of Orion. So this is a game that's an early access on Steam. I had kind of been wanting to play like a 4X game lately, and I tried to load up Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth. And every time I try to play that game, I just can't get into it. I, I've, I've bought the strategy guide for it. I sit down, I try to play it, and I there's just, for as much as I enjoyed Civilization V, Beyond Earth just really just hasn't grabbed me. And I don't know if I just haven't put enough hours into the game. So I was sitting there looking and I was watching some of the different videos for Masters of Orion and I had never played any of the earlier ones, the one, two, or three, and they're actually rebooting the series. So I was a little hesitant as far as purchasing an early access type game like this. Wasn't too sure how that was going to be. It wasn't on sale and lately I've been telling myself I pretty much only want to purchase games off on Steam when they're on sale because I seem to kind of get burnt when I don't do this. But after playing this game for a couple hours, I'll have to say so far I'm kind of enjoying this maybe a little bit more than the Sid Meier Civilization game uh, Beyond Earth. It's a 
it's quite bit, quite a bit different of a game. It took me a little bit to figure out how to play and what I was doing, not having played any of the other ones in the in the series before. And with the game being an early with the game being an early access, there's no tutorial in the game. So having to learn what to do and what was going on, there was a little bit of a learning curve that evening. And there were a couple of times where I kind of just wanted to quit the game and just go back on Steam and just say I want my money back. I'm not too sure about this, but I tried to stick it out. And uh, the more I stuck it out, the more I enjoyed it. The more I kind of saw where the game was going. I have a feeling this game can hopefully turn into something. It is an early access. It is missing some major components to the game. There are probably half the races that are missing. The spaceship combat, a lot of people were saying there's two different types of combat you can do. There's a tactical as well as simulation. Uh, from what I was reading on the forum, simulation is pretty much the way to go. They say the tactical isn't pretty much fleshed out yet. So I tried to do the tactical once and destroyed my ship immediately because I had no idea what I was doing. So uh, I pretty much stuck with the simulation and won probably more than 80% of those battles with my ships because I tried to not get into battles unless if I could win and I was definitely overpowered, overpowering my opponent. So so far, I'm having a really good time with uh, Master of Orion. I kind of can't wait to see where this game's going to go and where they're going to take that next. But that was another game that I had played a little bit of. I also played a little bit of Sorcery on my phone a little bit more as I was kind of like screwing around and playing with that. That's the Steve Jackson game I've been talking about for the last couple of podcasts. And other than that, that is pretty much about it for the games that I played for the week. So a couple of the games that I want to play, Blaria Card Kingdoms, I would like to get the expansions, which I know I'm picking up tomorrow. So that will be something that will be a lot of fun that I'm really looking forward to. I just was looking around from a couple of different um, video games, videos that I've seen. Doom is coming out, I think, in the next couple of months. Some of the multiplayer combat in this new Doom really reminds me of the old Quake games, which I never really played too much of. But in seeing what some of the stuff that they're doing in this new, in some of the new Doom videos, for me, not being a first-person shooter fan and not being a huge multiplayer fan like this, I may have to actually try this out because I really haven't had a good game like this since Unreal, probably 2003, 2004, I think it was, which kind of got me into some of those games. And that was one of the only games, the Unreal games that I really enjoyed. But this new Doom just looks like it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. It's just a crazy ride. One of the other games I've read, I've heard a lot about this past week as well is a little video game called No Man's Sky. I've talked about this one quite a bit probably since we started this podcast because I think the early, one of the early podcasts is where they had actually released some information about this on some of the early VGA awards back then where they were, which are the video game awards. Uh, they've actually released some information where a lot of different people have gotten to spend some time with the game. From some of the stuff I'm hearing, No Man's Sky, this game I'm hoping is going to live up to all the hype that has been built up for this game for the past couple of years. So really excited to hopefully get to that. I think that's going to be in June is when that's going to be released. And I'm going to be, that's going to be a day one purchase and possibly even having to take a couple of days off of work for that one. Cause I have a feeling I'm going to want to spend quite a bit of time with that one. So one of the other games that I'm looking forward to under the, what I want to play now part of the show here is an expansion that I just noticed on Twitter. So I went out to board game geek real quick before the show was recorded here. And Navu Games is going to be releasing an expansion for Stockpile. It's called Stockpile Continuing Corruption. It looks like it's going to have four different expansion modules to it. The first one being Forecast Dice, which are basically six custom dice, which are offering more excitement by changing the market forecast round to round. There's going to be Bonds, which is Module 2. And the Bond cards are going to present a new safe investment option for players. Module 3 is going to be Commodities and Taxes, which are going to create more tech during the game as well as more investors so stockpile i've talked about in a couple of episodes ago on the podcast i really enjoy stockpile several of the players in my group really enjoyed stockpile an expansion to this game is going to be one that i will jump on immediately and will be adding 
to my collection right away. So definitely had to talk about this one since I had just saw this message on Twitter. I looked it up real quick and it's definitely something that was jumping to the top of the what I want to play now part of the show. So there's just a lot of games that I'm looking forward to this year. And I think that's pretty much going to be it for the podcast this week. Thanks for joining me, everybody, for the podcast. A lot of good games played this week, and I think a lot of good games that are going to be played in the upcoming week. So, as always, don't forget to send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send the emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Don't forget to join our guild on BoardGameGeek. Just do a search on BoardGameGeek for what I'm playing now and join our guild there on Twitter. Follow me at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another podcast this week. I'll be back next week with some more games that I want to play and some more games that I did play. Have a great week, everybody. And don't forget to go play some games and let me know what you're playing now. We'll see you later, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.